Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. You are now entering a critical thinking zone. So thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time for Critical Thinking. It's Thursday, and that means it's Uncomfortable Truth Day here on Critical Thinking. I'm Andrew Coppins. He is Patoni at the Patoni Show at the Coppins Show. You know the drill by now. You can listen on podcast or watch on Rumble starting at 11 a.m. Central Time every Monday through Friday, or you can listen on Mojo Five O Radio at 5 p.m. Eastern. That's 4 p.m. Central Time. Now, um, I, I I struggle with where to start on an uncomfortable truth Thursday because so much happened yesterday. So very much. But I think I know where I'm going to start here, Pat. I think I know where I'm going to start. Which is where exactly? Um, I mean, because you, you you turned you turned the big four zero yesterday. I just want to make sure that uh, you know you, you've got all your faculties and your wits about you. You know that's why I got a couple over the of uh, American Pride Roasters coffee. Okay, okay, that, that, that's like the elixir of youth. Right there for, <laughs> for you. <laughs> Go to AmericanPrideRoasters.com, order yourself some historically great coffee, and uh, bug DMX and DM to, uh, you know, hit us up for our own coffee. For the love of all things holy. Now, um, I have an uncomfortable truth, and it involves the topic that we've kind of been hitting on the entire week here, Pat. And that's the topic of journalism. The uncomfortable truth is the Kyle Rittenhouse trial wouldn't even be a trial if it weren't for journalism and journalistic malpractice. That's the uncomfortable truth. Hmm. 
I, I, I tend to believe that that's true. But I also want to want to admit something of our own, or at least on my part, because I don't remember I don't remember the exact conversation. Because you and I talked a little about bit about this right after it happened last year, <clears> if <throat> I remember correctly. And I think we both had the question of why was this kid even out there to begin with, and we were wondering, is he really innocent in this case? Um, yeah, because well. When we were talking about this, it was in the context of we don't know the facts. So until we do, we can't do what the media did. And I would make the argument here. The uncomfortable truth is that what should be on trial here is journalism. Because let me back this all the way up, Pat. Why were there riots in Kenosha, Wisconsin last summer? Wasn't this also a big part of the whole George Floyd thing in terms of... Not really. It involved so, Jacob Blake. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Jacob Blake. Okay. that That's what it was. A And journalists running with a narrative put out on social media... Stirring the pot and producing these riots based off of complete and total lies. And the complete and total lie that journalists bought and sold you and me and everybody else was that Jacob Blake was a super innocent man who was doing nothing and they shot him. Right? That's more or less what it was, but we, you and I both know that that is not even remotely true. Right, because as video came, came out, as the actual facts of the incident were given to us, not by people with agendas, right, but by actual evidence, there was a knife, there were people, there was an attempted sexual assault and kidnapping, right? And so the police, knowing all the things that they knew were going on, attempted to arrest him. He resisted arrest, went for a knife, and they shot him. It's just that simple. And by the way, if I remember correctly, we waited. I mean, we talked a little bit about it, but we ultimately waited to make up our minds in terms of what, what's happening here and what should happen and, and what our own opinions were about the case until the actual facts came out we didn't really do a lot of commenting no until until we knew the facts for that reason by the way right but who ran with a narrative that whipped this crowd into a frenzy social media had something to do with it yes yeah. but that's something that had to do with it pat that something that social media had to do with it was mm -hmm. that it got the attention of journalists who then rather than doing journalism and figuring out what the facts on the ground were, they whipped up a narrative that was 100%. There is not a shred of what was told to us in the hours immediately or minutes immediately in the aftermath 
of this police involved shooting, right? Right. Not one shred of what they gave to us was true. If they pursued the truth instead of narrative, instead of I need to be the one to get the clicks, I need to be out there ahead of everybody else, right? In this social media crazed 24-7 news cycle situation that we have going on. Would we even be in this position? My contention is absolutely not. Why? Because there would have been no one rioting. No one bringing in outside agitators into a city of about 82 or 83,000 people. By the way, a city I know very well, having spent four years of my life going to college in said city. A city that I know intimately, right? There's simply no way in hell this stuff goes on. And in which case, we never know the name Kyle Rittenhouse. We never know uh, Gage Grosenkoitz or any of these other names that are going on in the trial right now. Now, we also <clears throat> wouldn't be talking about the trial. Now, I have an uncomfortable truth for you from the trial, but it's not from me. It's not from you. It's not from the judge. In fact, it's from a commentator. And I want you to listen to this. A convicted child rapist called Joseph Rosenbaum was released from a mental hospital and then went directly to join the mob that was burning downtown Kenosha. Once he got to the riot, Rosenbaum saw Kyle Rittenhouse and immediately threatened to kill him. Rosenbaum then chased Rittenhouse and tried to pull the gun from his hands. When he did that, Kyle Rittenhouse shot him. So Joseph Rosenbaum died as he had lived, trying to touch an unwilling minor. Oh, 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 uncomfortable oh, truth oh, much? Okay. Oh, that was actually um, kind of dark. True, but dark. Thanks, Tucker. Uncomfortable truth Thursday, Pat. Mm -hmm. So I want you to think about that. <clears throat> now, here's the other thing. There's no good people in this. None. <clears throat> but just because you're not a good person doesn't mean you don't have the right to defend yourself or any of these things. Well, what the hell is he doing there in the first place? What is it any of your business what decision he makes? Right? When it comes Fair to enough. going somewhere or not. Why were any of the people there protesting that didn't live in Kenosha? And oh, by the way... um. Kyle Rittenhouse's dad lives in Kenosha, like the city of Kenosha, not Pleasant Prairie, not um, any of the, you know, Summers or any of the uh, small municipalities that surround it. So technically, he was defending a city that he calls home sometimes. Well, I mean, wasn't he out there putting out fires and also helping people that were injured? It, that's the narrative like that's out there, mm -hmm. right? Right. And that's what he's going with in, in his defense. And, and that's fine. Right. But. Again, just because. He made a decision that you and I might not make. Right. Would you go there and would you defend your city? 
If your city is burning, if your if your street, your neighborhood is burning with protesters, what are you going to do about it? What, and the cops for multiple days have done nothing. Stood down. Pushed them back with, you know, up-armored vehicles and whatnot. I mean, do you, do you dress up as a vigilante and say I'm Batman? I mean, like, like it's... Right. That, that's the question, right? That's the uncomfortable truth in all of this. We we have no idea what decision we would make when faced with these types of situations in front of us. Mm-hmm. Really won't and don't. So all of that aside, uh, the crux of the matter is very simple. In the moments in which he shot four people, three of which died, one of which didn't. Okay. in those moments, did he have a right to defend himself regardless of how he got there? It's just that simple. I mean, listening to his testimony and listening to some of what others have said in this trial, I don't think he went out there explicitly to kill people. No, very clearly not. I mean, there's no way. No, he did it probably to get money, right? Because they were getting paid to be security for the car dealerships, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and probably did it out of a sense of wanting to play the hero. Who cares? Doesn't matter. His doesn't motivation matter. for being there does not matter unless that motivation was to explicitly go out and kill people. Good luck proving that. So... My point with all of this, Pat, is that none of what we are about to talk about or have talked about would matter, would be a thing that we have discussed if it weren't for the malpractice of journalism, if it weren't for the fact that their agenda, right, because this fit neatly into George Floyd in the summer of rioting. This fit very neatly into the narrative until you dug about a centimeter deep or an eighth of an inch or a 32nd of an inch or a 64th of an inch below the surface. And then you would have realized, oh, oh boy, the facts on the oh 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 oh. The the video that I see only tells this much of the story, much like Covington Catholic, right? You would think the media would have learned a lesson. No, no, they didn't. They didn't learn anything, even though CNN owes millions of dollars to the uh, to the kid that they smeared. Even though the full video shows a very different story unfolding than the one the media had told us, right? And riled all of America up over. They didn't learn anything. Why didn't they learn anything? Because they're not interested in the thing that they tell us that they're supposed to be all about, which is the truth. And it's the lie again. That we bought, right? Three days in a row here on the show. 
I, I'm proving to you time and again. We bought their lie. We believed that they and that journalism as a whole, and that they as journalists, had a job as arbiters of the truth. No. It turns out, Pat, that the arbiters of the truth, wait for it, you, me, everybody listening and watching, whether that's on Rumble, rumble.com backslash critical thinking, or listening via podcast, or on Mojo 5 or radio, we're the arbiters of truth. We have ourselves still, to blame, kind of. Yeah, yeah, and and the, the thing the thing where I come down with this is, <clears throat> if we're the arbiters of truth, then we have a responsibility to hold our media accountable. We do accountable to what? Starting the pot, not telling the truth, blatantly lying to the people, um, basically putting a. Um, from what from what I've seen thus far, a kid that defended himself on trial that a trial that didn't even need to happen. I mean Yeah, and I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. But here's the accountability. The accountability is you and I being able to to disseminate the truth, right? To True. to to understand the lens of which we are getting these bits and pieces of information. Our ability to critically think as a society, that's the accountability. Because here's the reality, Pat. It doesn't matter. We we just saw, and I just gave you the, the ultimate accountability, right? Mm-hmm. Millions and millions of dollars are going into a 18-year-old's bank account right now, right? From CNN. Right. The mm-hmm. ultimate accountability for doing what they did here in Kenosha in a different story, Right. They still, CNN lies. Jeffrey Tubin, of all people, has the audacity to call anybody an idiot. Right? The audacity right. of the, the narrative, right? If they are truly seeking to be the neutral arbiters of truth, they pull back when they see that CNN issue, right? When in all the other places, by the way, that oh. Um, that individual, I, his name is slipping me. I want to say it's also a Kyle, but I'm forgetting the the name. But mm. the the Covington Catholic uh, situation. Oh, um, Sandman. Yeah, Nicholas Sandman, not Kyle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. When so they're we're holding them accountable, literally in a court of law, right? Holding mm. them accountable for lying. And they just go right back to doing it over and over and over again. So what I'm trying to say is that we are the arbiters of truth. And what we have to understand is what lens and what so what lens does CNN see the world through? What lens does Fox News see the world through? Newsmax, our show, any show, whatever, right? What what lens are they? using what narrative is it that they're trying to feed right 
Because once we know that piece of information, we can then piece together whether or not we need other bits of information, right? Look at CNN, then look at Fox News. What are they telling us? Why is the story opposite, right? Then you become that arbiter of truth. But we're not taught that in school. We're not taught that, that functionality, right? We're not taught that you, you can't just trust what's in front of you. You actually have to dig. We are a society that is built off of easy access and lazy narratives. And it's built that way on purpose. My whole point in this is that there is no accountability for journalism. It doesn't matter because they have that narrative, right? The, the, both sides have a narrative that they want to get out in front of us. And no amount of money, no amount of shaming, no amount of you know, public ridicule, nothing is going to change that. So that level of accountability does nothing. The accountability has to come from within to choose to either ignore the, the, the sources that are blatantly lying to you. But how do you know that? You only know that when you go and seek out the truth for yourself. And what we have is a society, and I get it, right? Nobody's got the time to suss out every story for themselves. Nobody does. But at the same point in time, maybe then it is on you to not give a crap about every story that's out there. Right? And you don't have to comment on Twitter on every story. It's nope. part of the reason why we haven't covered this trial yet, because it I don't got time. I, can't, I don't have time to sit there and watch and read the transcript of every single motion and every single movement of this trial. I don't got time for that. What I do have time for is what sources of information are giving us the truth? I don't know. But, Pat, there's, there's more from this trial. And the uncomfortable truth here is that it's likely going to be a mistrial with prejudice based off of what little bit of uh, legal knowledge I have of the state of Wisconsin and its system. Okay, A mistrial with prejudice in the state of Wisconsin means Kyle Rittenhouse cannot be tried again. Cannot be tried again. But I want you to listen to this. This is the judge. After the prosecution did one of the grossest things you could ever do in a trial. You need to account for this. Your Honor, I don't want to, I don't want to jury here. He's commenting on my client's right to remain silent. No, Your Honor, I am making the point that after hearing everything in the case, now he's tailoring his story to what has already been introduced. That's the problem is, this is a grave constitutional violation for you to talk about the defendant's silence. And that is, and, and, the, and you're right, you're right on the, you're right on the borderline. And you may, you may be over, but uh, it better stop. Understood. This is, I can't think of the case, the initial case on it, but it's, uh, this is not permitted. All right. Uh
That was just the first instance, by the way. We'll get to the second one, I think, here in a moment. But that was, it sounds like this prosecutor is uh, walking right up to the line, if not very much crossing the line of what he can and can't do in this case. Yeah, and, and I don't want to play what he actually did because it is a violation of mm. Kyle Rittenhouse's constitutional right to remain silent. And basically, what they're trying to argue is that he waived his right to silence when he gave interviews in which he didn't even comment on the trial, didn't comment on the, the, he commented on his life, didn't comment on those moments, right? Right. I'll just leave it at that. This is just disgusting. And he has a really good defense team because they sniffed out what I think is what they were trying to do is walk that line, right? Mm. Right up to prosecutorial malpractice to force an actual mistrial because they knew they were getting their ass handed to them. They knew that their own witnesses were... Let's just say um, making them look like fools mm -hmm. in the little bits and pieces of what we've been able to to put together in this trial. And what we and what we've been able to see from actual full length, like hour and a half long videos, right? You can go watch them. What we've been able to see here is just a blatant case of Self-defense. This is self-defense in a nutshell. That's what this is. And they know it. They know they screwed the pooch in how they went about this trial. So what they want is another bite of the apple. And the way to do that is to declare, de declare, declare a mistrial. Now, Pat, we are not done, by the way, with um, the Kyle Rittenhouse trial because there's still more from the judge. Because, again, they attempted to get in his waiving of his right to remain silent, right? They took a second bite of this apple. And I'm going to guess that you have an idea of where this goes with the judge, right? Based on that first one, that first one was more of a warning shot. This one seems to be, holy crap. Either forgetting court's rulings or attempting to provoke a mistrial in this matter. He knows he can't go into this and he's asking the questions. I ask the court to strongly admonish him and the next time it happens I'll be asking for a mistrial with prejudice. He's an experienced attorney and he knows better. Mr. Finger? First of all, Your Honor, this was the subject of a motion. I'm well aware of that and the court left the door open. This. For me, not for you. My understanding is you should have come and asked for uh, for reconsideration. You did on the one motion, and in fact, I granted your motion for reconsideration. That was excuse not me, our motion. I, I, I uh, not so, uh, excuse me. I, uh, I did. I granted. We did not move. That to was reconsider. their motion. I, I, 
We have not filed any me. motions to reconsider in this case. That was their motion for reconsideration, which I denied. But uh, I said I denied it, or I indicated a bias towards denial is what I did. Held it open with a bias towards denial. Why would you think that that made it okay for you without any advance notice to bring this matter before the jury? You are already, you were, I, I was a, astonished when you began your examination by commenting on the defendant's post-arrest silence. That's basic law. It's been basic law in this country for 40 years, 50 years. I have no idea why you would do something like that. And it gives, um, uh, well, I'll, I'll leave it at that. So I don't know what you're up to. May I respond? Yes. We filed. And it goes on for another about three minutes or so here. Holy smokes, people. And what they're talking about, if you can't figure this out, is that once you are Mirandized, and that's the 40, 50 years of precedent, right? Right. Is your right to remain silent. That's what that's what we're talking about. Here's Miranda right, rights. Violating that is a gross, gross, gross violation of constitutional law. It, 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 like the judge said, this is basics. And that's why he talked 40, 50 years. And he's, technically, he's probably wrong. It's probably about 60 years now. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't matter. The, the amount of years doesn't matter, though, here. Right. It doesn't matter. And you, and like I said, you know, just before the break on Mojo 5 Radio, but um, like I was saying, you can see the defense gets where this guy is trying to go, right? He's trying to push that line and trying to get the judge to bang the gavel, declare mistrial. They get another bite of the apple and they can redo all the mistakes that they made. Right. Mm -hmm. Which I believe since then the defense has declared or has asked for a mistrial with extreme prejudice. Yeah. after th They went to lunch and mm -hmm. um, asked for that mistrial with extreme prejudice. And um, we haven't gotten a ruling on that. And that's largely because when you, when you're looking at that situation, the other side ha has to have time to prepare a response to that accusation, right? Now that could happen on the spot. It depends on what that action was, right? Right. Okay. That could happen on the spot, but in this case, what they are trying to say is that there there were moments from the time where he was Mirandized to the trial in which Rittenhouse spoke publicly about the case. I don't know based off of some of the things that they had talked about in the actual courtroom yesterday. I don't know that that's what was going on. And it is going to be very interesting to hear what ends up happening here because basically what the judge did is they gave the prosecutors the time to put together the case that they want to make, right? And he wants to hear it. And that's his judicial prerogative to be able to do that. Okay, cool. Like, they they threw this at you. Now you get to respond. And if it's going to take you a little bit of time to give me the, the evidence that you need, fine. I've got no problem with that. But I would not be surprised if he hears that this morning. And I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of this week, there is a mistrial with extreme prejudice. I don't know how this judge would allow that to happen. 
to violate his constitutional right on the stand in front of a jury. Because here's the deal. Once you violate that right in front of the jury, you have now poisoned the well. You are now trying to introduce evidence that poisons the well that has happened in this trial. You are now trying to bring outside prejudice into a trial. Do you think that that was done intentionally? Yeah, 100%. percent mm-hmm. Because he knew what he was doing. He knows what he's doing. Mm. Now, ironically, this guy, by the way, um, was around when I was in college and has tried to run for uh, the district attorney in Kenosha County for a very long time and (laughs) has lost every time, by the by. He's an assistant district attorney, but he knows exactly what the hell he's doing. He's in front of this, this court all the time. He's was a criminal defense lawyer before that. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's not stupid. And the uncomfortable truth in all of this is that we shouldn't even be here. And he knows it. And he's trying to find a way to save some face, right? Because if they just, if they declare a mistrial, they could get another bite of the apple or alternatively never bring the case again. So either way, he's trying to save some face. And the only way that he does is with it, with that mistrial without prejudice. Right. But if they do it with prejudice, extreme mm. prejudice in this case, he doesn't save face. Right. I, I, I think it's going to happen though. Like, like just looking look, from what we know, how can this not happen at this point? Yeah. And I don't, I, in Stranger Things, I guess, but but still. Yeah. You know, I'm not a legal scholar by any stretch of the imagination, but I've been around the system. I, you know, went through, you know, mock trial, like on a very competitive level. Like I, I get the basics, right? I get the basics of what a, how a courtroom operates. <laughs> and I've never seen this. Never, ever, ever, ever have I seen this. This type of a basic violation. And that tells me that this is being done on purpose. Because he knows, and here's the other part of this, right, Pat? He knows that without that information coming in, he can't blow up Rittenhouse's defense. And his defense always has been that, you know, he was there and he was had that gun to protect himself, right? He you can tell that that's the the narrative that they've worked with him to to not tell, but how he says it, right? It's very clear that his words are intentional when he's on the stand. And there's nothing wrong with that because what that does is take his raw emotion and put it into words that will help him on the stand. There's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with that. But yeah, the the coaching of witnesses um, to get and fit a narrative like you're seeing some of the worst of the worst in this trial now that being said pat i think it's time for us to have a little bit of fun before we get into some more uncomfortable truths not related to a trial you ready let's do it that's right it is time for the b or not the b that is the question 
that we always ask every Monday through Friday to win some of at real Ron Phillips' money. Are you ready? Um, I'm. I think I'm more ready than the uh, prosecution to uh, put together a fair um, cross-examination of Kyle Rittenhouse in this case. Okay. All right. So the headline is, University introduces new racial category, students of color minus Asian. University introduces a new racial category, students of color minus Asian. While you are busy thinking about that headline, Mr. Pat Oni, um, we should probably be prepared, right, for winter to come some point in time. By the way, normally in my 40 years on Earth, um, just going to say this, Pat, it, it snows on or near my birthday. That didn't uh-huh. happen this year. And it was like almost 60 degrees. The nicest oh, birthday so weather I've ever had, by the way, ever, that I can remember. Being but, where you live, that's impressive. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't have to wear a coat to go out to dinner last night. Of any sort. Not a fall coat, no, nothing. But um, part of being prepared for the cold is being able to get the beverages out of the fridge so that you can store all that food that you have prepared or about to prepare for your Thanksgiving feast, for your holiday feasts that are coming up. And a great way to get that food out and stay safe is by going to catcoolers.com, entering a promo code named Mojo50 and getting 10% off because... You'll get a rugged, dependable, durable, keeps things cold, keeps ice cold for up to seven days. I mean, it's perfect, right? Nice, insulated. You don't have to worry about it. Maybe, um, you know, um, yeah. Just saying. So go to catcoolers.com, enter the promo code MOCHO50 at checkout, and save 10% off your purchase today. All right, Pat. Do you need the headline? One more time. University introduces a new racial category, students of color minus Asian. Is that the B or not the B? That's very specific, and I have to go with not the B in this case. Are you sure? I'm going to give myself about a 55% sure on this one. Good, because you are correct. It is not the B. The actual headline is the University of Maryland just introduced a new racial category, students of color minus Asian. Are you kidding me? I mean, I I had to, like, change it just a smidge to make it more generalized. Otherwise, this is just way too obvious. But yes. Well, yeah, because Maryland's a dead giveaway. Right. So I don't know why the University of Maryland had this slide up, but I'm guessing they were just running the whole racism is everywhere. By the way, everything is racist. Everything is racist today. You can find that song over on iTunes and Mojo 5 Radio. Mm -hmm. So, um, yes, you are correct. There is a category of students of color 
minus Asian. But there's also white or Asian students. White or? Yes, Pat. I have a question. When you say minus Asian, are you being um, racist? How? Well, because they're they're including all other minority groups, but they're not including Asian. So isn't that racist? Because it's minus Asian. Isn't Asian also a minority group? I'm just going to leave Christopher at real Chris Rufo for you. Okay. When the critical race theorists say that race is a social construct, they mean that race is a social construct they will manipulate at will to achieve their overarching political goal of ethno-Marxism. They will move groups up or down the oppression hierarchy accordingly. You see, Asians are an oppressor. I'm not saying that. That's the critical race theorist saying that. Yes, Mr. Patoni. How? I mean, this this feels racist to me. This feels like we're not being racist, but we're going to say minus Asians because Asians are the oppressor. How? And the thing that they missed in this story is that it's not just students of color minus Asian. It's also white or Asian students. Why are those two grouped together if you're doing again, demographic work? Again, I mean, we could even make this argument on white people, right? How is this not racist? Again, this is brought Just to you say. by Pat. Wait for it. Everything is racist. Everything is racist today. Should have, I should have had Brad play this on uh, Earworm Wednesday yesterday. Yes, you should have. Yeah. You bastard. Sorry. It was my birthday. It's the least you could have done. Uh, I wish you a happy birthday, jerk. I, I expect that's a bare freaking minimum. Well, you, what, what now, you I will say this. I don't expect more than the bare minimum from you. <laughs> and yes, you walked right into that. Thanks. I, I, I appreciate it. No problem. But um, I think it's time that we get into some uncomfortable truths. Because that's what we do on Thursdays, right? Okay. Um. <clears throat> While everybody was paying attention to the idiocy of the Kyle Rittenhouse trial yesterday, Pat, um, uh-huh. inflation has now outpaced wage growth in America. That's a problem. And Jesse Kelly gave us what I think is probably one of the most uncomfortable truths for the MAGA Forever crowd and for Donald Trump and for every single person that bought into 15 days to flatten the curve or, you know, 15 days to slow the spread or whatever the hell it was, right? Right. Well, 15 days to flatten the curve, 30 days to slow the spread. Okay. 
<clears throat> Jesse Kelly points out, pro tip, if you're mad about inflation, but you supported stopping an economy for a virus, go find a mirror. That's who you should blame. The rest of us will watch this carnage with at least a little inner piece of knowing we tried to stop it. He, he continued, by the way, as I probably said about a thousand times last year when everyone told me I was a heartless grandma killer, panic has a cost and the cost is higher than you could imagine. We're all about to find out together. He still continues. 15 days to slow the spread was always stupid. And if you supported it, you should feel stupid. Standing six feet away from everyone is stupid. Your dumb mask is stupid. You do not just stop the gears that make a society move. Ever. Not for anything. The show must go on. If it saves one life is stupid. If you ever said that, you're stupid. The economy of a nation is what builds the nation. Your hospitals, military, roads, science, innovation, all made possible by your economy. It's worth far more than one life. It is priceless. We not only stopped vital parts of our economy, we told the people who complained that they were murderers. Then Democrats and Republicans started passing trillion-dollar bills so morons could chuck money into the system like a monkey with a handful of poop. Brilliant. And the worst part of this entire affair for Jesse Kelly personally, now that the real pain is almost here, is the pundit politician class on the right. You're the one group in possession of enough knowledge to maybe have stopped this whole thing. You were yelling about the sky falling. And now we are in major trouble and nothing can stop it now. The boat is filling with water and the people who led this nation and lead this nation are not only not bailing it out, they're actively making the hole in our side bigger. Buckle up for some rough times. That's all. That is a whole bucket of uncomfortable truth. It's uh, <clears throat> one of those mic drop damn moments on Twitter. And he's he ain't wrong, folks. This is this is why this is why it's important to be prepared to. And we we talk about this all the time. And we're not and even just talking is, about food storage, right? We're not talking right. about like prep being a prepper. Right. Yeah. No, we're talking we're about more than that. Talking about is preparing for the slide of the economy that, that we're seeing right now. Prepare your life to be able to insulate yourself as much as possible from this. Does that include food storage? Probably yes. Does that include getting right with Jesus? Oh, hell yes, it does. Does it include stop believing the po political and punditry class? Absolutely. Does it involve you becoming more involved in your local community? Oh, hell yeah, it does. It's what physical. I, what, it's mental. It's emotional. It's every aspect of your life 
be prepared. What what I what I what I can't let go with this, and this is something that has bothered me for the last however many months since this all really started. What I can't get around is that all of this could have been avoided. All of it. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe COVID would have impacted our economy a bit more on its own because, you know. Would it have? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying maybe, maybe. I I truly don't know. Would whole industries have died? No, no, I don't, I don't think so. And, and, and it's, the thing is this, I've seen friends, family members, other people on social media tout all of this saying oh we can rebuild the economy we can we we can rebuild all of it like like economies come and go and they fall all the time and then they then we build them back and but 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 we we, we've got to save everyone because this virus is so deadly how many more people lost their lives and their livelihoods because of that level of arrogance yeah, that, that level of selfishness. And it's it goes back to a very simple but very complicated very simple statement but very complicated problem. The belief that we can play God, that we are God, that that society can can, can control things that we actually have no control over. For instance, Pat, we haven't talked about this yet, and and I'll get I'll do this briefly. Have you paid attention to what's going on with COVID in Central um, Europe right now, Asia or Australia, Australia, Austria, Germany, Switzerland, Northern Italy? I mean, I haven't looked at the data in a while for for that particular area, so no. Well, there are cases no, no. per million as higher than at any point anywhere in the world ever. Hmm. Over 80% of their population has been vaccinated, Pat. They've also tried the boosters too. How's that working out for them? Well, it turns out that um, they don't have the Delta strain anymore. They have not even a mutation another one like a lambda or a mu or whatever right there's not a variant is this alpha it's a whole new strain of the virus not a variation not a you know the delta variant right it's not a variant Mm. It literally is COVID-19, but has mutated. It literally looks exactly like COVID-19 does, Mm -hmm. but it is completely 100% resistant to the vaccine because... It looks, feels like regular COVID, right? Mm -hmm. However, it is actually 
different. And and I, I don't I, I don't have all the technical details behind this, but basically what the doctors and, and researchers are saying out of Austria is that it is a completely different animal. It might be COVID-20, basically. Do you think for one second out there, do you think for one second you are in control of that? Hell to the no. And, and I'll give you a more artful um, answer to what the difference really is. But just know that the vaccine, the panacea that uh, the the Trump administration was giving you, that our Lord, Savior, President, Dr. Anthony Fauci was giving you, right? The panacea of, holy sh- we we created a, a brand new vaccination in like nine months and holy smokes, we're brilliant. Are you? Because uh, it turns out that um, you're just playing whack-a-mole. You're not God. And hear me out on this, Pat. Perhaps, perhaps, perhaps we should stop trying to play God. Stop thinking that we can just shut ourselves in and 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 we we have the the knowledge to be able to do all of this and if we do it um we're, we're going to be able to save the entire world the god complex of our society and that goes to gain a function in all of these other scientific policies this idea that we could enhance or introduce and then control viruses, right? That's that's literally what they wanted to do. They wanted to take COVID-19, basically, introduce it into the bat population and see what happened. But we're going to be able to control it because we'll be able to watch the bats. That's God complex. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. And this is a right and a left thing. We're not God. Let's stop playing God, please. For the love of God. And with that, Pat, your final thoughts. Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And let's go, Brandon. Please be smart, be safe, be kind. As always, Matthew 547. And happy Veterans Day to all of our veterans. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack 
for free shipping and 365-day returns.